Listener Production. The Luke and Sassy Scott podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we record this podcast, the Yulikert Wollan clan of the Boon Wurrung, who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to our elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Me. You are ridiculous. Don't do that either. I'm sick of you. You're a nutcase. I don't care, Luke. Look at you. You infuriate me as a human being. <coughs> are you recording? Can I pick my nose? Luke, I'm sassy. Sassy. Scott. Luke, we opened up something called Regret Line. Mm. Um, and it fucked me over. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it clearly. He was just kept going about how words can never hurt someone. And I was like, bullshit, Dad. I'm like, words can hurt. He's like, no, Luke, the only thing that can really hurt you is like physical violence. And I was sitting there going, I've got something in my head that I know that would hurt him right now. So I go, Dad, ha-ha, your mum's dead. It got me thinking, you know, deeply of our childhood, anything that I regret. Oh, God, you would have been up all night. There's actually two things, and they have so much in common with one another. Hit me. And I feel sick about them still to this day. Okay. Go. You'll remember how much I loved animals. Well, how much I love animals. Mm. I had so many pet birds. I used to literally sit out the backyard and just watch the aviary for hours on end. Yeah, you made me feel like it was normal behaviour, so I used to do it. <laughs> I was bored. I needed yeah, someone it was to sit weird. with me. weird amount of hours I spent looking at those cockatiels. And remember the licence that I applied for, which was... Your driver's licence? No, it was. Oh. I was younger than that, but I, I was given a licence which gave me the allowance oh, to... Oh, that's like really more exotic sort of birds, like native birds. No, it was for Natives. Like red-tailed black cockatoos, that sort of well, vibe. Well, it was to, to be able to hand-rear any native wildlife that needed, um, could be kept in captivity or needed to be hand-reared and then you released. You had to have knowledge about them too. That's what they educate you on it, right? Correct. Mm. Yeah, I had to do tests and stuff to get well, that license. Did you get the license? Yeah, I got it. You passed? Yes. <laughs> Put it up here. You knew that. I used to carry it around in my wallet, actually. <laughs> it was like some national something wildlife license. With your Velcro. So... One day, I remember at school, these guys came running and they were like, Scott, there's some year seven kids that were like kicking baby birds that had fallen out of a nest. And I bolted across the schoolyard. Just show me your running style. Shut up. I decked. I need to visualize it. I'm trying to tell a story. Imagine if I did this. You need a human license and a native bird license. Don't fucking speak over me. People don't understand it. We'll what? have to fucking start the segment again. And I'm going to go home at 4.30. So shut the fuck up. What, so you get to watch your real housewives of Salt Lake City? Salt Lake City, use your words. I tried. And secondly, imagine if I started speaking over you the other day when you were a little bitch talking to fucking dad, apologising to him for being a fucking see you next Tuesday. You were. If you look back at the footage the whole time, you were like... <sighs> I don't have that kind of time to look back over footage. Okay, go. I went and saved these birds... What sort of birds were they? Rainbow lorikeets. And oh, I the good type. Shut up! Stop talking over me. I don't talk over you. Five minute break. You need the headphones Shut on up. to hide that earring. Can you get me a chocolate bar when you're out there? Get me a chocolate bar. For those that are listening, Scott's had one of his many hissy fits where he walks out of the studio. Here we go. This normally lasts about five minutes. Thank you for waiting. Scott is currently stomping around outside the studio like a maniac. He's losing his fucking shit. 
this definitely isn't Luke. I feel like you're trying to be a smartass about a topic that means a lot to me. <laughs> Did you get me a yo-yo when you're out there too? No, you should not be eating any more yo-yos. <coughs> so I remember decking these school kids and I was only <coughs> able to save one of these poor little baby lorikeets and it was like at beak stage when it had no feathers. And I remember taking him home and it was a rainbow lorikeet. If anyone has been to Australia or, or is an Aussie, you know that these birds have massive personalities, beautiful colour and they're fun. They're literally a rainbow of a bird. You remember it. You remember Laurie. You know I, this story. I know Laurie the story really well, yeah. Laurie would sit on the front bar of my bike. I fed Laurie out of my mouth because they don't eat seed. They Show eat us like how a, you do it. Is that how you do it? I have to put it on my tongue and you just eat it off it. Uh, you show me with the spoon? Oh, yeah, that's right. I uh, made the spoon for yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, I, oh, you had an actual spoon. Were you, and that's how like, I checked this tooth. Show me the tooth. I remember, so you had to get a silver spoon and you had to make it like um, a U shape. And I once had to bite, the. I tried biting the spoon to make the U shape of it so I could feed this bird that I was looking after. I went everywhere with Laurie and I loved Laurie. We were best friends. It looked at me like its parent. And this, oh my God, this story is sickening. And it should be. One night we were watching TV together in my bedroom and Laurie was just sitting here, lying between like my armpit, like just under my arm. It's like you're breastfeeding the bird. But I was like scratching his ear and he was just resting and laying there. And dad came in at like maybe 11pm and said, Scott, put Laurie back on his perch. Now, I he remember ne- this. He didn't live in a cage. He was free roaming and he had a perch in my room. And... Dad goes, put him back on his perch. And I said, no, nah, I will after the TV show. We're watching telly together. And Dad was like, all right, shut the door. Dad comes in in the morning and he says to me, Scott, where's Laurie? And he woke me up and I was like, I don't know, check behind the TV. Because he used to, remember, he played this game. He would bounce to one side of the TV and he'd look. And then you'd look at him and you'd go, oh, and he'd bounce to the other side and look at you on the other side of the TV. And it was a game we played. And so Dad's like, no, nah, he's not behind there. And I said, I don't know, look on the bookshelf. Like, he's around somewhere. And then Dad goes, sit up and give me a hand. And I sit up. And Dad goes, you're a fucking idiot. And I went, what? Dad looks at me and just walked out. And I was like, what? Oh, my God, I could cry. And I turn around and there was my best mate, Laurie, spread flat underneath me. This is he looked awful. so peaceful. But I had I had fallen asleep on on top of him. And you haven't slept with a bird since. Okay, no joke needed, Luke. Mm, no, it is bad. And I looked at him and I, I, I'll never get, get it out of my head like that we were literally hanging out together and then next second I see him and then I, you know what I've struggled with my whole life is the noises he would have been making going like, Scott, get off me, get off me. Did you actually think about that? Yeah, like imagine the sounds he would have been like going, you're on me, mate, get off me. Okay, now you're painting the picture really sad. Yeah, that's what I feel Awful. every single day of my life. And then our backyard ended up being like fucking pet cemetery because there was this other bird, right, that I taught how to fly. I got it as a baby. You get cardboard boxes on your arms no. and like jump off the No, roof. you idiot. No, I would take it to the park. <laughs> Max, watch. No, listen, I remember Max. Yeah, I know. That was sad, that one. That was really sad. That was really sad. Um, I would take them to the park and I would encourage them to take the jump and then you would make them go what from like the highest. What would you like, do? Like, the you highest, can do it. Sure, it's like the highest 
say a step and you'd call them to you and they would they would start to like learn how to fly by being encouraged to jump off certain heights. And this one fucking day, I take this bird that I've hand reared. I've let this fucking bird go the day I've decided to release it. And as it goes, a fucking hawk flies over, <gasps> grabs Stop. this bird, and I'm chasing after this fucking bird that I've just given, I don't know, the last three months of my life to, and this hawk's just come and grabbed it and fucking took it away. Anyway, they're my deep regrets. How about when you look at old photos of yourself with, like, your fringe, the plum no, bleach Luke, fringe? No, I don't regret. They were lessons in life. I'd see that as a regret. Luke, are you still on a high? I, I really am. Yeah. I, again, last night, watched the recap. No, really? I watched the whole game. Really? Yes. Which game? The Australian Rules Football Grand Final. Our beloved Collingwood Magpies got up, Scooter Scott. Calm the pie. <laughs> One of the oddest things mm. happened to you and I after the game. Yeah, we thought we'd go celebrate together. We never, never celebrated like... We hugged after the game too. I tried hugging you. You made me. It was, it was weird. People were watching and I was like, just get over and done with Luke. <laughs> and we went out to a bar and then we were ready to kick on to another bar. The streets were pumping. And my phone gets a text message saying, hey, come to this house party. And we're like, you know what? House party, grand final night, yeah. Oh, my God, I love a house party. I'm over the bars. We're feeling good. We've got our Collingwood gear on. I'm feeling sexy We've won. and free. Oh, now I know why. What happened? Oh. <laughs> so we walk into this house party. Now, it is the weirdest vibe I have ever experienced in my life, wasn't it? It was really dark. It was dark. One and- bedroom was light. Yeah, and they had a lot of people in there and they were all wearing... The opposition's um, jersey. And I, that still didn't even click for me. Me neither. And we're walking around and then I say to the chick, Luke's mate, mm. I said, can you introduce us to the owners? We would love to meet them to say thanks for having us. Mm. We walk into the hall and we are met by men that were like six foot fucking two. And they're just like, five foot eight and they're, they're looking like, down at you. Guys, what's going on here? <laughs> what are you doing in here? I'm like, oh, I'm a bit... I was a bit delusional, I think. I was Same. like, are we here for the party? I was still thinking I didn't come with alcohol. Are they going to be freaking out going, they're going to come steal our they're alcohol? Drink our drinks. That's what was going through my head. I'm like, I don't need a drink. And That's the vibe the, I was going with. One of our mates that we're with, he knew one of the guys. And he starts, like, acting really weird. And then he starts apologising. Mm. And I, he said, you know, oh, yeah, that's right, Lions, Collingwood, blah, blah, blah. I'm really sorry. And I went... Do not apologise. I went, I'm not fucking sorry that you lost. I'm happy that we won. I'm not apologising for the fact that my team won. That's ridiculous. Then, all of a sudden, more men are standing around us and like, you've got to go. Yeah. This girl walks up to me. She goes, listen, we know you and all, but you're not welcome here. And I was like, what? Me? A gay? (laughs) And they went, no, a Collingwood supporter. And I went, oh, all right. Well, it's time to fucking go then. <laughs> yeah, so we got kicked out of a house party. And we walked out. Mm. And I think, fuck them. Fuck them. The most uninviting human you beings in Melbourne. You know what? We've still got their address. <laughs> say it on the podcast. We're going to share it on our TikTok. Share it. Share so if you go to Luke and Scott's podcast it. page, the address will be there. <laughs> no, follow it. Be. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but still go to the podcast page and follow it. The best thing about this podcast is that it's given me a soapbox to stand on every now and then. And every now and then, what? What is a soapbox? Is it actually like a soapbox? 
box. I think it comes no, not from like, like, a, like a bar of soap. I think yeah, like, like the box that comes in, like a dove box. No, so actors that had big egos that were little, mm. they used to put them like on like on, on soaps, like on, on TV or, shows. Oh, the TV show, stand the box on a box is the to TV. make them smaller, <laughs> taller. No, maybe the box is the TV. And it's a soap box, like a home and away is on the box. Producer Oscar here. Oh. I, I believe it's from back in ye olde times yes. when there was an actual box, like that a, a cart stand on. <laughs> no, I think it's like to do with in the town hall. What they'd do is they'd have a box and they turn it upside down. They would stand on the box and then they would talk and they would. It might be about issues of the town and they might get on the, their soapbox and deliver that to the, the town's folk. All right, so I just make it clear, Scott, you don't have a soapbox. Um, and I actually prefer my um, version and story better and more. So yeah. I get a soapbox to stand on with this podcast and I actually really value it and I appreciate it because there are some things that uh, mean a lot to me and strike a fucking chord with me sometimes. And I think the biggest one, and you would know this, for I would say the last... 15, 20 years, how long's Facebook been around? Because I remember when Facebook first started, mm. I started to do monthly posts um, on my account trying to educate people about my disbelief and my absolute fucking fury that gay men cannot donate blood. Let me repeat myself. Gay men here in Australia are not allowed to donate blood unless they abstain from having sex for three months. And the thing that absolutely blows my fucking mind and gets so under my skin and really gets my heart going is I can't at all see a world where if that was said to any hetero person that they would openly accept that. If you said, if we said, if any organisation said to a hetero person, you're not allowed to do something unless you do not have sex with your partner or do not have sex, actually, for three months, everyone would be up in arms. And it is discrimination and it's hurtful. And every single day my whole life, when you get into the car, nowadays when you get onto social media... You see an ad which is playing with Australians to go and donate their blood. And for me, it's a reminder, a constant reminder that I am not equal. And just because you are gay, you can't save somebody's life. And for somebody like me that hears and sees that somebody needs some kind of help, I'm the first person to fucking jump out, get into the middle of a fucking break up a fight, jump out of a car if I see somebody on the side of the road looking distressed. And when I hear these ads of needing to support somebody and then if I wanted to support them, I'm not allowed to because of the way I was born. And it just does not sit well with me still today. And they still every single day say that they are needing thousands of people to come forward to donate to help them. But if I was to go there, they wouldn't take my blood. And I think that the rule is homophobic and it's modern day discrimination. And so many people say, and it comes from a nice place, but they say, you know, now that we've got marriage equality, I am equal since having the plebiscite. But this is a constant reminder for anyone like me and in my community that actually we're not equal. And what I'm asking for is a policy of individual risk assessment. Rather than doing a blanket, blatant fucking stereotype, I'm asking for individual people to be assessed rather than a group of people being assessed based on their sexuality, there'd be far less stigma um, attached to it. And this individual risk assessment has been adopted around the fucking world. 
the UK, the Netherlands, Poland, Spain, Argentina, Israel, and soon France and the fucking US are all about to do it. And Australia is so fucking far behind. And I've reached out constantly. I've tried to reach out to people of influence in their organization. And I've said to them, you know, you're a person of influence, of power. I would love to tell you how this constantly feels for somebody like me to always be hearing, save a life. But if I was to walk in, oh no, you can't save a life because you're gay. And if you do want to, you need to not have sex with your partner or sex full stop. The last time I looked, an STI does not fucking discriminate. And it's time for Australia's blood donation authorities to acknowledge the science and the global fucking practice. And it's time to allow blood donation from all Australians with safe blood, regardless of their fucking sexual orientation or their gender identity. I have parents message me after every single post I do whose children need life-saving blood. And they say to me, Scott, did you know every single time you talk about it, we are told that people that weren't aware of this ban on gay men they stop donating blood and they say to um, these blood organisations, until you allow gay men to donate blood, I'm going to stop donating mine. And they say... You're very against that though. Like there's other ways to protest that, right? Correct. Wait for it. And Mm. I say to them, what I actually don't want is your child to go without blood, which is why I want to be able to donate blood. And it's just hurtful to think that they could actually stop those messages coming to me and stop parents that are laying there or looking at their child who's so sick, who's needing a a life-saving blood transfusion, and they could stop that panic and worry if they did open up this individual risk assessment rather than still blatantly discriminating against all gay men in Australia. And I just want everyone to understand that I want to be able to help more people that need life-saving blood. I don't want to take that away from them. It seems like the people that should be facilitating the blood are the ones that are stopping people from getting exactly what their service is, which is life-saving blood. One thing that a lot of people offer and bring to me is people that um, work in pathology say to me that the blood goes through the, everyone's blood goes through the exact same screening process and they too are really, really frustrated that they are supposed to be getting more blood and they know that everyone's blood goes through the same screening process anyway and they feel so frustrated and pissed off with it as am I. Well, working in emergency as well, you can see how important it is for what the blood actually does. Like it's for life-saving traumas sometimes where a patient's literally like bleeding out and they need blood to be going through them. And you see the importance of why people need to donate blood. So more importantly, keep donating if you do donate, but also I can't see why what Scott's saying is a factor in terms of people not being able to donate. So... 100% 100% I see the rules being changed. Should be changed. Should be changed, will be changed. Will be, doesn't sound like it. They do not choose language that is at all comforting for somebody like me that they're going to change it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's another fucking Scott spray. Luke. Luke. And... Sassy? Sassy. Sassy. Scott. Luke, we have to address the giant pink elephant in this room and it's you not having a calendar. It's fine. It's not fine. It is the most unprofessional thing I have ever experienced in another person. There's one thing that's clear. I know organisation. 
I know how to manage time really well. Okay. The fact that you write on your phone in notes and you don't use the calendar app on your phone is just wildly. No, just and for if the... you're going to want to be attached to me and my oh, professional... Get over yourself, you loser. <laughs> no, you're going to no, have to change wait, my... Wait, I don't even write it down. And download the fucking calendar on your phone. I don't need one. I've gone 32 years without needing a calendar. But you've I gone 32 sh- years just working shift after shift. You no. have never had to go from appointment to meeting to meeting to appointment. I'm sorry, but you work your normal nine to five job and you still need a calendar. Whereas you I have do... meetings throughout I the let day, you talk. off-site and I let you talk. Now shut it's up. Not that you let me talk. Mandy, mute him. Thank you. <laughs> no, I don't need a calendar. I do shift work, which comes with call. Right? producer Which I texted started, me and I said, started, I'm embarrassed. I, he just sent me all of his appointments that are written in notes I didn't on his know. phone. That's because Scott was confused by mute, his calendar. I'm going to mute both me. of you. Muting both of you. So Luke, the other day, this blew my brains out. He goes, what meetings do we have? What time? Blah, blah, blah. And I said... <laughs> you shouldn't be asking that, Luke. I said, check your calendar. He Correct. goes, I don't have a calendar. And I was like what the actual fuck do you mean? Because how do you know? We literally have like 3.45, we have this. Four o'clock, we have this. Five o'clock, we have this. Like there were so many things. And he just said, I don't use a calendar. They're all in my brain. And I was like, that is mental. It's exciting brain power. I'm a busy boy and, and Scott, I get through. It's going to really let you down. You can't rely on it. But, Scott, you're, what blows my mind even more is that the two of you are polar opposites because you're the most organised person I've ever met in my life. Thank you, Mandy. You've got calendars in your calendar. Correct. And so how do you two do it? I, yeah, I have four different calendars all colour-coded. Yet I'm the one reminding Scott about things. No, you're not. You don't do much with your time. Yes, you I do. No, I work full-time in healthcare. That's a lot more than you. And I've got a bigger friendship group than you too. So <laughs> having to catch you up with them why? all the time. It's quantity over quality. Your friendship group, you've got lots of people. That's all they are. <laughs> they won't remember you. You don't have an impact on them and they're not having an impact on your life. You can continue to go to events and everyone's 21st birthday. But Luke, you're a 30-something. 21st? You're a 30-something Which year old man. Which 21st did stop I go hanging to? out with kids no, you say and stop things. being a fucking status climber. You continue to try and climb that ladder. But guess what? You get to the top and it's not leaning against anything. So you're just going to fall and topple over every single time. Look for quality, not quantity. The more that you say to people like me, I've got a bigger friendship group than you, it makes you sound like a dick, not me, pal. Anyway, so where do we land on the calendar thing, Luke? Are we I'm it? getting by. <laughs> I think it's fine. How do you actually, because you work shift work, so mm. you don't have the same schedule every week, how do you actually remember shit? I'm, I'm needing to know. No, I think I might just have a good memory. Like I was always no, no. good with maths. But, no, but how do you remember? If I say on the 30th of August yeah, next correct. year, yeah, you've you got doing? this, how do you know oh, that I don't do some- that. Not that far in advance. Okay, well, what about oh, like in I remember four weddings. weeks' time? Like, I know I've got a, a wedding on the 11th of November. But with the other day, I said to you, we've got a meeting on, hang it was on. like four weeks away. And you're like, like, even yeah. with him, I'm, I'm telling and him all the on. time about things like, we can't do a podcast next Wednesday, so on the Friday, we're looking like we're going to be filming that. So talk to me, next Wednesday, next what Wednesday. time is our event that we've been invited to? The Chemist Warehouse one? Yeah. I think it was 11 a.m. Okay, and then Was where I do right? we have to be and what time after but that? But then I don't have to know that. I have to just Google it. Well, then we got podcast recording. At what time? One o'clock. And then two days later. No, but I can be, like, I know what's going on. That's more important. Because then I look it up when I need to know. Right. 
It's killing me because it's, it's no, killing right. me because no, I don't understand because how this that is works. the difference. Someone's like, "What are you doing next Wednesday?" Whereas I go, "Yeah, I know this is all on." Whereas you have to get out your phone, look into it. I'm I'm good with knowing what's happening. Hang on, this actually explains a lot. Luke's so in his head, so that's why he comes across like an arrogant asshole <laughs> all the time. Whereas I'm allowed to be present and I can check and rely on my phone to keep tabs. Whereas Luke's always just in his head. Thinking about where he needs to be and what he needs to do. It's just so much unnecessary brain storage that you're taking up. It's bizarre, Luke. That's exciting. You know what? I'm impressed. It's It's a skill, but you're a weirdo. But like even say if I'm doing a lot of overtime in, let's say I've done 25 hours overtime in a fortnight, right? I have to remember the times I started (gasps) and finished. So I can go back over the two weeks and know exactly what I did. Question, do you have to, like, when someone arrives for their appointment, do you not even look in the database? You just go, yeah, Mary, I know that you were coming at 3.45. No, he does not. No, you not. run to a list on that. Okay. He's not fucking Like, you need right a list. Then. That's not a calendar. I, I don't know. I don't know where it stops. Now, listen, Luke, just start using your calendar. There's so many appointments and things that we're having to turn up to now. You really just should. That's all for today's episode. If you want to get involved in the pod, send us a voice memo. Tell us what segments you want more of. Where can they go find us, Scott? Uh, the Luke and Sassy Scott podcast page. And what should they write to us? You can slide into our DMs. Make sure you rate that podcast and leave us a review. We'll be reading some of them out. Scott, that's another wrap. Luke and Sassy. Sassy. Scott.